Welcome to Fan Theories. I'm your host, Emily Kelly, joined, of course, by my partner and co-host... Peter Kunin. (laughs) Hello. I love to jump in. (laughs) You're very good at that. I like to do that. And welcome to our show. This is our pilot episode. Uh, As you have probably guessed from the name of our podcast, this is a podcast about fan theories. And, uh, you know, a lot of podcasts and shows and other things talk about fan theories within that particular fandom, but Peter and I, we have a lot of fandoms. Oh, yeah. Like, Way too many. Yeah. So we thought it would be really fun to do a whole show dedicated on all of those fandoms and all of those fan theories. So one of our biggest fandoms is Star Wars. Oh, yeah. It's got to be the fandom that started it all for us. Um, even as kids growing up, uh, watching the first uh, four, or, or, sorry, the first three with episodes four, five, and six, uh, that's really what sparked the creativity for, I think, both of us. Yeah. And so with the release, upcoming release of Rogue One, we thought this would be the perfect topic to start off our first uh, fan theories episode. Joining us today is our very good friend, uh, Todd, Todd A., who I'm sure you know from the Todd and Taylor show on the same network. Um, Hello. Thanks so much for joining us, Todd. Thank you for asking me to join you. Of course. Um, <laughs> and, so- and keep you under control. Yes, um, we've asked Todd here because, as you've probably guessed by the excitement in our voices, uh, we are big, mega, nerdy Star Wars fans, and we would just go off on tangents, and this podcast would turn into nonsense. This is true. Yeah, so that's why we've asked Todd here to kind of uh, rein us in, and we like, you know, the sound of his voice and speaking with him, so. (laughs) Thank you. I like the sound of my voice, too. (laughs) Isn't that why we're all here? Yes. Yeah. All right, Todd. Let's let's do this. Let's do this, buddy. Let's let's just jump right into this um, because it is the thing you most want to talk about, which is is Jen Urso Ray's mother. Yeah, man. Like this is probably the biggest fan theory out there right now. Mm-hmm. I would as, agree. As Rogue One approaches, um, well, that and and we won't, we won't going to get to it this time, but Luke and uh, uh, Ray. If they're related to. Oh, yes. Yes. Of that, that's a different different topic. That's a whole different episode. But <laughs> um, so in terms of Ray, Jin is her mom. I mean, there's a lot of problems <laughs> with this theory. Uh, for the most part, the time. Well, I mean, for the most part, let's put this one out there right away. If Jin does not survive the events of Rogue One, then this whole theory is busted. What if her eggs are frozen? I don't think they do that in Star Wars. No, they don't do that in Star Wars. I'm, I don't think so. I mean, that could be a big topic that uh, <laughs> Disney could release. Oh my you know, god! Like it's it needs exposure. I think. Sometimes. Okay, you're yeah. I mean, true, true. but also I don't think they're no, good. But do but that. yeah, short of that, it, it's. I mean, if she dies, I think debunked. You know, automatically. Yeah. So, because Todd, you know, like in Episode Seven, like that's been one of the biggest topics. Is sure, who, who her parents are. So yeah. talk about that timing a little bit. I mean, really get into the specifics of the years because we know they were th- they're really counting on like 30 years between six and seven, right? Yes. So like it is 30 years between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. So and then I think they said that there was like a five year period between New Hope and Return of the Jedi. Like it's a pretty sparse amount of years right so but let's say five um 
so it would have to be if Jin survives the events of Rogue One, which it's looking not super great because of, you know, the rest of Star Wars. Um, she would have to have Jin 10 years after Return of the Jedi. So she would not only have to survive the events of Rogue One, but she'd have to then live through all of the original trilogy movies plus 10 more years mm-hmm. into uncharted territory so i mean maybe she does the like force does you know work in mysterious ways that would be a counterpoint yeah i just <laughs> i mean like the time i mean it could happen and i think in rogue one Jin is probably like in her late 20s early 30s felicity jones is like 33 in real life so i would say early 20s or, or early 30s late 20s and then ray in force awakens is like 20 i would say 1920 because i think in real life she was also like 19 or so so like i said it would have to be a significant amount of time right post return of the jedi 10 years yeah 10 years and then Jin leaves so and i'm just not sure i mean that's a long time for her to just be around like what was she doing that we didn't know about her in the star wars universe like maybe she after the events of rogue one she like goes and lives like a quiet life somewhere but i don't know optimistically jen could have been 40 years old when she had ray yeah which is not (laughs) super unheard of in the star wars universe again the force works in mysterious ways Mm -hmm. um but yeah like so that's another potential problem with this theory of she would be on the older side, even in a galaxy far, far away. Yeah. Um, Could be grandmother, I suppose, but you have to get it on quickly. And then... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That uh, Captain Cassian is pretty oh, good. Oh, I would go for Donnie looking. Yen. Oh. <laughs> oh, Donnie's my boy. That actually would make a lot of sense because if Jin herself is not Force-sensitive it would make sense that maybe Ray's father or grandfather, someone in her parental line uh, would have to be force sensitive. That's why a lot of people think Luke or think Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, But I mean, that's probably the timeline and the timing is probably my, my most major issue with this theory. I agree. Yes. Timing is off. So you brought up in the notes that, um, you know, both Ray and Jen were left by their parents. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, that on one hand, that's sort of a clue, but it isn't that also just a theme throughout the Star Wars universe? Absolutely. I mean, uh, Luke Skywalker, he, he grows up with his aunt and uncle who perish, you know, so everybody's losing somebody along the way. And that that's not just uh, Star Wars, but I think Disney was happy to pick up Star Wars because of that fact, because you see it in the Disney movies, too. Yeah, like like every Disney character either has like no dad or no mom or like no parents at all. <laughs> like it's kind of I think that's just uh, I yeah, I think it's just sort of a Star Wars thing that our heroine and heroes are kind of tragic from the start. Absolutely. And sure. not that if you don't have your real parents or your biological parents when you grow up is really sad. I mean, there's things happen. But, uh, yeah. So, th- um, so we would say that's not, that's sort of a, th- it's thematic. It's not really like a clue to, um, I mean, you're, you're, you're saying that's not a clue that ties them together. No, I don't think so. Yeah, so it's so common in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, super Agreed, common. Yeah. And I think the other, like the, the thing that people have clung to, like a lot of the 
the theories that I've read about this. Um, it's just that they look so much alike. Mm-hmm. Um, and even when I saw the first trailer for Rogue One, I was like, God, that girl looks like Ray. Like, really? I mean, and, and I get, you know, it's not every white, brunette, blue-eyed English woman, like, look the same. But, I mean, really, it, it's such a close resemblance. And it, it just seemed uh, almost purposeful to me when I first saw it. Uh, like, that they could have cast a lot of other people in this role, but they chose Felicity Jones. One, because she's a fantastic actress, I don't know. She really does look a lot like Daisy Ridley. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I couldn't say one way or the other. <laughs> you don't like look at her and you're like, that's Ray's mom faux show. No, I mean, I, I don't <laughs> see that. I mean, it, it's unfortunate that casting chooses another, you know, white actress. It could be, a, you know, anybody of color, mm-hmm. uh, Indian or Asian or black or anything, but you know, it could be a white actress too. So, I mean, if that's the only clue you're going to go on that they're both white and, I mean, yeah, they look the same, but yeah, they're both white women, yeah. same same age even uh, during the mo- close ages yeah. in the movies. So I don't know. Yeah, it's very flimsy. It's flimsy. I would say flimsy. <laughs> I would say it's more the the prejudices of uh, Hollywood. So yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> you brought up the force sensitivity. Um, uh, is is there another clue in um, you know how? Like these, again, I'm referring to uh, notes that you have made to <laughs> educate me here. But um, uh, the the quote you have about her, her, you know, her mother tells her to trust in the force. And she says, may the force be with you. Um, do you think that's a clue or is that just something that the rebellion said? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I was really intrigued by this reading this because I kind of forgot. There was just one part of one of the trailers where you see the flashback where Jin's father uh Galen is taken away and the mom tells her, gives her like a pendant, I think, and tells her to trust in the force. And then later Jin and the trailer, one of the other trailers says, the way the force be with you. And it was a thing that the rebellion said, like even in a new hope, um, they say, may the force be with you. And they didn't have any Jedis with them. It was just kind of the yeah, the, order 66 had knocked them all out. Yeah. So I think it was just, I think in part, it was just like a, that is what the good guys say. You know, the right, good guys right. are always on the side of... Almost of, like a remnant of a time where there was a, a physical manifestation of the light, and that was mm-hmm. the Jedi, who were going to fight for the oppressed and fight for the people who didn't have uh, a warrior to fight for them. And so May the Force Be With You really inspired, like almost like in the time of the samurai. And that's really where George Lucas got his inspiration was from the samurai. And during the period of loss that Japan lost the samurai, um, it it inspired such great um, uh, images of warriors and for fighting and for rebellion. So Mm -hmm. I think that's why uh, they still say, may the force be with you, because it inspired them so much. Yeah. And I think, too, like at this point, uh, the loss of the Jedi is still pretty fresh. Uh, I can't remember the exact date between episode three and episode four, but it's definitely not as long as episode, you know, the, the period between Return of the Jedi and then uh, Force Awakens, where like basically the the Jedi have become legend because Luke was basically like the only one left, tried to train more, but obviously that went horribly wrong. <laughs> so like for Rey, you know, like for Rey, the Jedi were these, you know, like ghosts basically, but for the rebellion at this point, like they still, there were still people alive 
who remembered the Jedi or maybe who had even met a Jedi. Um, so yeah, I think it may be just a remnant, but it does bring up a good point of because Ray is force sensitive, not that you have to have force sensitive people in your family to be force sensitive, it's just kind of like Harry Potter. Like, you don't even have to have two partners in. I know ways. you could be virgin <laughs> birth, like Anakin, right. basically. Um, so, which is a whole other weird freaking the, thing. The midichlorians did that. Yes, it was <laughs> those naughty those, bastards. Those naughty midichlorians. So, because that's another thing too of like, what if Ray has no parents? Like, I don't know. Like, she the Force is her parents. Um, but if Jin is not revealed to be force sensitive of some kind, perhaps Ray's father was. So that kind of brings up another theory of, well, who the hell is Ray's dad too? Well, um, ha- have we even seen the force in the trailers for Rogue One? Well, no, not really. But I, uh, Donnie Yen's character, Chirrut Inwi, I think is how you say it. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. It's whatever's listed on IMDb. Yeah. <laughs> he um he is like a force sensitive, a force wielder is what they would call it. His, um, yeah, I think we're supposed to infer that his martial arts ability is uh force because he's blind. Right. He he, he has no vision. So yeah. I mean that's pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah. Um and I think that you know his martial arts ability is just so strong. Uh, as we'll see, that he can literally just take on vast amounts of opponents. Yeah, but he's not a Jedi. So, and there's like, uh, obviously, hi, we're super huge Star Wars geeks. Um, so when the expanded universe existed, there were quite a few people like this, um, where you you're not a Jedi, but you like perceive the Force and you can use the Force, kind of like in Force Awakens. Um, Maz, the little um, right. lady that you go see in the cantina. Yeah. She is like that where she is not a force user, um, but she's force sensitive. So, but I think Donnie Yen is more on the, the side of a force wielder uh, that he uses the force in combat. And, and I'm, I'm not entirely sure he doesn't use the force in real life. Cause if you've ever <laughs> seen his martial art movies, I mean, this, this, this guy is amazing. That's so true. Yeah. Um, so, but we really don't, and I I talked about this on the Assembly of Geeks podcast, if you, if you, if anyone's listening from that, from that, uh, listenership, hi, uh, oh, hello, (laughs) that, um, you know, the, the, didn't see you there, (laughs) after the empire took over the, um, they largely tried to stamp out anything and everything that to do with the Jedi. I mean, they buried the temple. You see like one shot there on, I think it's Jada um, of the, the buried Jedi statue. And they took, they ransacked all the Jedi temples and like took all their books and holocrons and stuff. Um, Like the sacking of Alexandria. Yeah. (laughs) But I didn't know what the history there. Um, So like they really tried to stamp out a lot of anything to do with force. So I think a lot of people too, maybe were force sensitive and just had no idea like what to do with it. Kind of like Ray. So Donnie Yen is maybe he was alive during the time when the Jedi temples were still operational, but someone like Jin, if she does happen to be force sensitive or someone in the rogue one crew or anyone happens to be force sensitive, they just might not know like, what it means yeah what to do with it they can go their entire lives it it manifests in different ways and as we've seen in if you've ever read any of the extended universe there's so much content about it 
Um, but yeah, it just manifests in different ways. So yes. you don't have to be able to like lift things with your mind or, or... like use a lightsaber. Exactly. So we haven't seen any of that in Rogue One, but I think that's kind of cool because it, it's Rogue One has always been a story about regular average people doing the right thing and fighting for what they believe in. Like you don't need to have magical powers, Jedi powers. And it's, it's not that far off. I mean, just imagine, you know, great oppression and people who have a need to survive and to fight. And especially in, you know, many parts of the world, uh, that is a true fact, you know, just a daily life. So it's interesting to see in Star Wars, this is repeating, you know, that that's a fact, but it's also in, in history. It's, that's a fact too. Mm-hmm. So where do we, where do you two come down on this? Is this just an interesting theory or do you like, do you just, do you want one thing to be true or another? I mean, for me, I was always of the mind, like, why do, why do Ray's parents have to be anyone? Like, why, <laughs> you know, like I, I always hate that. Kind of, like, so fun fact about me, <laughs> I wrote fan fiction or close to fan fiction for like 15 years. So I know fan fiction when I see it. And that kind of stuff is very fan fiction-y. Like, oh, she here's Ray. She's Luke's daughter. Blah, blah, blah. Like, it just feels very lazy to me. Right. Like, so I, I was kind of of the hope that her parents would just be nobody or like someone really cool from, you know, the expanded universe, the old expanded universe or, you know. Um, but now, I mean, now that I've read so much about this theory, I wouldn't mind if it were true, I suppose. Jin seems like a very cool, capable character. Um, And so, you know, I guess it would be okay for me. Um, Yeah, I'd be okay with it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's let's go uh, to uh, less reasonable theories that you have heard about this. Um, And the one that even I, who have largely tuned out of fan theories surrounding Rogue One, have heard of, which is that Snoke is Darth Plagueis. Okay. Uh, Can you explain this theory and then we'll jump into it? Yes. Okay. So first off, we kind of theories like this, we want to do like a little special section for them. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've uh, lovingly named it chaos theory because for the (laughs) most part, these theories have either already been proven wrong or that they're just really stupid, obvious, or just, they're just dumb. So this is one of them because uh, Pablo Hidalgo, who's like one of the creative heads over there at lucasfilm and of star wars has already said no you guys are wrong this 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 is dumb please yeah, stop that's like first off, i mean the, the guy who's like in charge is well you know not in charge but is is doing this thing and yeah. saying no it's not gonna happen so okay so for those of you todd included perhaps right <laughs> um who do not know who darth Plagueis is darth Plagueis uh was darth sidious who most of you know as the emp- the emperor it was his uh master so he was the one that trained Darth Sidious, and he is the one in episode three, I believe, that Darth Sidious tells Anakin about that he grew so powerful in the dark side of the Force that he was able to keep his loved ones from dying. Um, you you might have seen like pictures of him around. He's like this. He's a, definitely an alien. Uh, he has like this weird shaped head kind of thing. So that's why a lot of people, when they first saw Snoke, they're like, oh, my God, it's it, Darth Plagueis. Yeah, it's a big head. Yeah. So when you big, say we, we might have seen him around, is that in um, in any of the canon films or is it in more in like the animated series and things like that? Well, it w- he was bigger in the the old extended, extended universe. And I mean, okay. like when since this theory has been circulating, I've seen a lot of more of him. Um 
he, I don't think he was in it. He was just mentioned. Right. In, just mentioned. Just right. mentioned in the movies. And then he had, there's some books and I think he was maybe in one of the co- longstanding comics. Um, so, and I get why people would think that, uh, cause Snoke just kind of like came out of nowhere. Like, right. who is this weird deformed Sith guy right. who's Kylo's hanging out with? Like, who is this weird guy? So, and it did make some sense. Uh, and it, it got brought back around for Rogue One because there was some shots in one of the trailers where you see a Bacta tank, uh, like the one that Luke was in after he got wampa'd in the face um, <laughs> in, in Empire Strikes Back. Uh, wampa'd in the face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you see a, a hooded figure kneeling in front of the Bacta tank. And so obviously the Emperor, for the most part, we always see him hooded. And so a lot of people thought like, oh my God, it's Darth Plagueis in there. Um, except for the fact that it was Darth Sidious who killed Darth Plagueis in the first place. I mean, that's that's the law of the, of, uh, of the Sith, is the yeah. law of two. Yeah, you have to have the master and the apprentice. And eventually the apprentice always overtakes the master. And so as was tradition, uh, Sidious killed Plagueis. Yeah. So like, why would he keep him if he killed him right so in a lot of people like oh he had to like extract his knowledge about like how to like stave off death and it was like well but he only could stave off death for his loved ones not himself so no does it (laughs) does i was gonna say does it even matter i mean no i mean it doesn't really and i think too like they Disney has been pretty adamant about not resurrecting characters from the expanded universe. They did recently, uh, one of the characters from an old book series, I can't remember his name, he's an Imperial character, they have brought him into Star Wars Rebels. Um, so I guess they're not totally against it, but since Pablo Hidalgo said it was not true, I'm gonna go with that it's not true. Yeah, so I'm gonna go with Pablo. About it. I do, I will say that I do hope that Snoke is like like a really small person. And that's why he is broadcasted on this large yeah. uh, podium, you know, with the, with the hologram. Because I hope he's like, just like smaller like than Yoda like even. inches. Yeah. Like yeah oh, like he's crawling yeah, like around in somebody's pocket. <laughs> right, exactly. He, he's like Ant-Man, essentially. But on yeah. only... That's that's a little extreme, but I do hope he is a, he is a small, like maybe Maz Katana size or something. Yes. He's force concentrated. <laughs> so on on that note, let's go to uh, my favorite theory and possibly the dumbest theory. Uh, I'll let you explain it. <laughs> oh, okay. So this theory is that Jin becomes Captain Phasma. And just like, okay, you guys, you know, like cool, I get it with the Ray and Jin, like that they look alike and they have British accents, but like... Just because Captain Phasma also has a British accent, she, like, no, <laughs> this is so stupid. They're different sizes, I mean. I know, everything yeah. is wrong about this. Yeah, like, and, uh, like, good on whoever made this up. Like, that's really outside the box thinking. Definitely. But really grasping at straws. Right, creative, but not very practical. Yeah, so just. Can, can you explain where or why this even came up? Well, I think it, this was like one of the early ones, just like Snoke is, is Plagueis that ended up getting debunked pretty quickly was in what, the first sh- trailer for Rogue One. We see that shot of Jin in the Imperial outfit and it's Saw Guerrera, uh, Guerrera's 
uh, like, what will you become sort of speech. And so people are like, oh my God, what if she becomes Captain Phasma? And, but now we know from, from further trailers that they sneak onto the Death Star as Imperial uh, people. So that's why she's wearing the suit. It's not because she like suddenly tur- turned turned tables on them and was like, right. nah, F it. I'm going to be an Imperial <laughs> now. Nothing like that. No. So, so we're putting that one to bed. You don't, yeah, that no, one's no credence dumb. in that one. Zero. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then uh, the, the last chaos theory you've suggested, I think is, is worth some discussion, which is will the characters in Rogue One survive? Yeah, that's, that's a good one. Um, we've heard, and I don't want to do, I mean, it's not spoilers because it's only, I guess, secondhand, but uh, we've heard that it's very sad. Yeah. And uh, mm. despite it being uh, very comical in certain areas, I've heard the robot is very funny. Uh, we've heard that it's it's very depressing. And so that leads us to believe, uh, especially with what we've seen in episode four, um, A New Hope, is that it's a it was a the mission was a success in that we got the information but we lost like so many people um you know i don't remember the exact quote even though we just watched it (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah no it's supposed to be very sad so that leads us to believe it's not gonna be good for them yeah and i always i mean i just kind of assumed like because we never like really meet any of them or there's at least no call out like hello these are the heroes who've like saved us all because the first time we even hear about the rebel spies is in the crawl of a new hope. And then Leia has the plans. So if they right. survive and still had the plans, why does she have them? Right. That happened very quickly. Too. Yeah. You know, the, the, this uh, new movie and a new hope are going to be in yeah. very quick success, succession and yeah. chronologically. Yeah. So, and I think too, I mean, Kathleen Kennedy, czar of Star Wars, um, czarina, I mean, of Star Wars. Hmm. Uh, she has said that this story is very much a standalone film. And that, like, we're done with it after this. And so, you know, people were trying to, you know, say, like, oh, if it does really well, maybe they'll do another one. Like, maybe they'll do a sequel. And I'm like, there already is a sequel. It's called A New Hope. Maybe you've seen it. Um, So, like, and really for me, this story has always been one about bravery and sacrifice. And it just, it would make less sense for them all to survive than it would for them all to die like i think i i don't know if all of them will die but i hope I think, donnie and lives oh i hope donnie lives i hope donnie lives but i think probably like a force bubble everybody else dies he's in like a concentrated <laughs> force bubble in like yen mode like super super zen mode rather and he's like just yeah he cannot be Hurts. Like we've not even seen this movie, and he's like your favorite character. Oh, absolutely! All time. And the so... robot, I think, is going to be the most people's favorite yeah. character. Um, maybe the robot will survive. Like I think probably one of them, at least one of them, will survive. Like some, some, someone has to survive because then they have to deliver the plans to Leia or get the plans to to Bail Organa. You know, someone has to take the plans from them and then give them to Leia. I guess they know? could transmit it. Oh, I guess that's right because in the those beginning scenes, they say like you you intercepted a transmission of mm-hmm. the Death Star plane. So I guess yeah, I mean they could all die, and it just gets transmitted to the ship where Leia it's gonna is be, on. Yeah, it's going to be super sad. You can imagine it just now, can't you? They're all gathered, oh. you know. They're all gathered. And they're they're waiting thing? for the, the plans to be transmitted as the bomb is about to go off, oh and the God. countdown. It's like it's neck and neck. Oh my gosh, what's going to happen? Oh, it's sent. Oh, good, and a single tear rolls down Donnie Yen's <laughs> eye, and then. Oh my That's God. it. And end of movie. End credits. 
Why didn't they ask you to write this, really? <laughs> For very good reason, I'm sure. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, Mark- so we'll see. Uh, but yeah, I just, I think it. I think they're probably all going to die. And that's what I kept like, I make, I was making jokes like on Twitter for like months of like, don't get too attached Peter to these characters because they're probably all going to die. The forest bubble I'm sure is a thing. I can, (laughs) I can dig up evidence. (laughs) Where where do you put the probability of this? Like if you, if you had a, I would say for like all of them to die, I would say probably like 80%. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say like 80, 85. And then for like one of them to survive, I would say like 99%. Okay. Like I think there's more of a chance one of them gets out. Interesting. To to make the transition. I'm, I'm thinking they're all going to die. Like 85% they're all going to die. Like 15% well, something else will happen. <laughs> I like yeah. this idea that the uh you said that the robot survives, but that's uh the Alan Alan Tudyk's character. I yeah. assume is who you're talking about. I can't remember the exact initials, but like K2SO or something or Yeah, K2SO, yeah. Um but that like, I think that, yeah. that would be great because you think of Leia passing the plans into a droid in the next movie. What if just this chopped up, you know, legless, armless droid falls out of the sky <laughs> into the rebel base and he's got the plans in him? Maybe they shut him down. He's debunked just like totally in, in tatters on Tatooine. And that's where Anakin finds the... No, sorry. That's what's way before. That wouldn't work at all. <laughs> <laughs> like Let's stay on the timeline. <laughs> yeah, because R2 exists before this. Right. Um, so it can't be like that the robot is R2, you know, something like that. But like maybe they took some semblance of like his hard drive or something and put it, then she puts it into R2 uh, yeah. or something. Well, we've always seen the, the plants being passed through droids. So that's where I think that that theory holds up that maybe the droid survives. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, R2. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. And I think uh, he's so funny in the trailers. Like he, I think he would probably, though, lay down his robot life to save a human's. Right. So I would say so too. Maybe from from the very little we've seen of him. Yeah. Yeah. I like the the part in the trailer where he like grabs onto a grenade and then just like throws it behind him as he continues his conversation and it blows up three stormtroopers. <laughs> That's great. Pretty, pretty like, impressive. I love that. for a robot. For a robot. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, let's march into the uh, subtopics that you have here. Okay. Yes. Because <laughs> so briefly, yeah, we're going to talk about these uh, further issues that the internet community has tried to to influence us with. Yeah, because there were a lot that it was like already there were a lot of really early theories, but these are kind of the ones that were either like what or that they could still hold up. Uh, what were they like? What? Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Emily's catchphrase is just what. <laughs> so the first one is probably the coolest but also kind of saddest one is that the the crew of rogue one become the knights of ren from the force awakens um and i don't like it and and i'll and i'll tell you why i think that the knights of ren were also students of luke that kylo influenced or ben i guess at the time influenced and then they all sort of turned to the dark side together once um uh, ben, I, I want to ki- call him Kylo Ren, but he wouldn't be Kylo Ren at that point. Not yeah. until he found Snoke, and then Snoke right. deemed him his uh, uh, number two, I guess. <laughs> number two. But anyway, <laughs> um, I, that's what I think. I think that they were all um, Luke's, students. Luke's students. Yeah, so this is what I originally thought, too, is that that yes, Luke was training this new class of 
for sensitive children, including Ben Solo, and that, yes, that he recruited these people into the Knights of Ren. But then when I was reading about this theory, so, because we only see the Knights of Ren in, like, the one shot where they all look super baller, like, in the rain, (laughs) you know, that they all look super cool, and I kind of want to form, like, a Knights of Ren, like, biker gang sort of thing. And it was was in Ren's... I mean, sorry. It was in Ray's vision. Ray's vision, So, right. so not even an actual, you know, visualization. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So when I was reading about the Knights of Ren, because, like, they really did not give us any context, like, in The Force Awakens. The Knights of Ren are followers of Snoke and, like, kind of special followers of his, like, almost like personal bodyguards, I think, was kind of what they made it out to be. So they could have been sent by Snoke to influence Kylo Ren, like that they they were like already dark side turned. Um, so the reason why this theory has gotten some some traction is the uh, initial sketches for the Knights of Ren when they're doing the costumes and stuff released by Lucasfilm uh, look eerily similar to the crew of Rogue One. If you compare them with their, like that first cast photo that we got of them, like all standing around looking oh, super sure. cool. Right. That <clears throat> there's a few of them. Like, so the leader of the Knights of Ren is called the Rogue. And the mannerisms wow. and the clothing and sort of the build is pretty close to Jin. Then there was another one, like the Heavy, which is... uh they were comparing it to what's his name? Uh, Donnie Yen's uh, protector. I think his name was. Um, I don't remember his name. The B. Oh, Baze. Baze Malbus. He's the one that shoots the uh, AT-AT with the rocket launcher. So he is the heavy. And so he's like body armor and big. And he's got this big old weapon. Uh, then there was another one called the monk, which used a bow staff. Very Sounds. similar to Donnie Ooh. Yen's character. Uh, there was the, uh, man, I forgot what the, like some, like the inventor or the something like that, who looked pretty close to uh, Bodhi, the pilot played by uh, Riz Ahmed with his goggles and his gun and stuff. And there was one more that was very close to Captain Cassian, even the, like the way that they both held a weapon and the jackets and stuff were really like weirdly close so that would but that would assume that snoke was alive obviously alive but in control of some sort of you know task force yeah this early on we're gonna get to that okay let's get to that theory so so the theory would would be that the instead of dying that the crew of the of the rogue one get captured and then sort of brainwashed or mind melded by Snoke or by the Emperor as well. Maybe it was like a tag team, Emperor Snoke. Um, and then they become the Knights of Ren. And this would also go along with Saw Gerrera's, uh trailer speech of what if you're captured, what would happen to you? You know? So it's no. like a weird, this one came like out of right field for me. Like, what? But I really like, if this ends up being true, this would be really cool. I mean, it'd be really sad to have such heroes turn into villains, but it would be one of those like, oh my God, I did not see this. Like th- th- to have to weave those stories together. Sure. Yeah. In that manner. Would be- it, it would be, that would be, it'd be pretty crazy. It would be a huge left turn in my opinion. Yeah. Um, Cause it's not what they've established thus far with uh, 
um, uh, uh, Force Awakens. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll but see. I thought this was cool. And it's better if you see uh, the the images and stuff. Maybe we'll be able to link it that like is in our eerie, show though. notes. Yeah, it is eerie. Uh, well, it is really yeah. So did this? Did this? Was this born sh- like purely out of seeing some of those sketches for the Knights of Ren? I think so. Um, I'm not sure where this theory originally originated or how it came about, but I think yeah, people were just kind of like looking at those and then kind of like this looks weirdly familiar, and then saw the cast photo of Rogue One, and they're like, um, this is weird. Because even especially, it's not even just the looks; it's also the names and the weapons that they use. And oh, stuff. Yeah. oh yeah, theory weirdly similar so what what's your likelihood on that coming true i don't know it'd be really 50 50 yeah i mean really that's pretty high wow i would say pretty low but it would be like i'm rarely surprised by things in movies and television anymore (laughs) until i watched westworld and then i don't even know what my world is probably going to be our topic for the next next episode but uh yeah i would say maybe like 20 percent. this could be true so let's hit this next one, which I really like, which is, uh, did uh, Galen Urso create the Death Star with a major weakness on purpose? Um, yeah. Maybe yeah. we have to fill that in a little bit, but this would be Jen's father. Yes. Who is basically, you know, kidnapped by the Empire to to build the Death Star. Right. Yeah. And yeah. his background is like, he's a brilliant inventor, scientist, engineer guy. And so, yeah, we see in some of the trailer um we see the empire that we see director uh krennic coming for him mm-hmm. and that he basically like tells Jin to hide and that he'll you know everything that he's about to do he's doing it for her so you kind of know you kind of assume you know they said oh we'll kill your wife we'll kill your daughter whatever if yeah. you don't help us yeah so. but and it also just makes sense like if you're gonna build an ultimate weapon with no flaws and that weapon gets turned against you like in any way shape or form that oh, that's I something see. that you would want to you know how to defeat you know even if the empire um it's probably wasn't the empire's idea i'm sure it was his idea um but it would be a good idea to have a backdoor and that that's good i think true uh for any weapon a good idea for any weapon yeah sure you're you're saying he yeah he did it on purpose as like a kill switch right um, yeah not but- not not as like he was secretly doing it to aid the rebels necessarily uh, yeah I, I personally think that he would like that. Maybe he, the rebellion would have been around uh, at that point. I don't know right, how long right. it took to build the Death Star, but it would have been around. So um, I think maybe even if it wasn't just like, I'm going to help you directly. It was like, Hey, F you guys, right. <laughs> like they are making me build this m- monster weapon. Like I'm going to be really sneaky and like put a little like, kill switch in there you know because like the death star gets destroyed so easily like it's almost dumb well that's why that's the point of the movie though i mean (laughs) they they had the plans they had the foresight they were putting their chess pieces in place Mm -hmm. and then they could you know they they found it they found a way to to kill the king kind of i got it but not so much they had to wait for a farm boy who could bullseye womp rats in his T-16 to come along. <laughs> exactly right. I mean, those other guys were terrible shots. Yeah, they were like, how have you even graduated from the pilot academy or whatever? Like, <laughs> yeah. Same, same uh, thought of teaching as the stormtroopers, I'm sure, because they don't hit anything either. I know. <laughs> That's a very good point. So you always you already kind of touched on on Snoke being on the Death Star. Is there anything else you want to say about that? Is there any more like conspiracy theorizing there that we should touch on? 
Uh, okay. This I do know where originated and I do want to give them a shout out. It's from <laughs> snake one, one, three. So I think it's snakey, perhaps snakey one, one, three on Reddit came up with this theory. And, uh, the initial theory is that the emperor, uh, finds him and puts him in this back to tank. If you remember, he's very hideously scarred. He has like one side of his mouth is like kind of like, kind of looks like a burn victim almost. Um, and the tank is very heavily guarded by the emperor's personal guard in the trailer. You see those Crayola red looking dudes um, standing guard against this. So this, uh, the original theory is again, that Snoke is Plagueis, but we've, we've been over that. Um, But it would make sense that, you know, there's not very many Siths out there, just like there's not very many uh, Jedi or any Jedi at this point, really just one um, that, the emperor would want to keep someone as well two, two right now there's ben kenobi and yoda oh right sorry all right, all right, alive, sorry continue right. sorry three technically all right three. <laughs> anyways four if you count leia but we're, we'll get to that one later um so that really like it would kind of make sense that snoke is pretty powerful or at least he is he's proven himself to be a master manipulator that the emperor would kind of want to keep him around both be for those reasons and you know keep your friends close keep your enemies closer um that yeah maybe he found snoke somewhere badly burned badly i could see yeah i could see snoke maybe as another pupil of the emperor's perhaps Mm -hmm. and maybe vader in fury strikes him down perhaps i don't know if we'll see this this is all obviously speculation but yeah um I mean, that'd be pretty cool. But that he would be on the Death Star at this time. Sure. And that is maybe how, because the the dis- destruction of the Death Star, they maybe smuggled him off or something, and then he got to do his Force powers all by himself somewhere, some yeah. lonely world. Could be also that Darth Vader was teaching a, a, somebody himself, kind of mm-hmm. like in... Uh, the Force, un- Force Unleashed. Yeah, the Force yeah. Unleashed and the Force Unleashed too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, the, so the final one you have on here, um, it took me a minute to figure out what you were talking about. <laughs> that is uh, the theory that uh, Galen Erso is Lor Santeca, which is one of those characters whose name I never knew, but I believe that's yeah. uh, Max von Sydow's character in Force Awakens. Is yes, that correct? Exactly. Okay. So <laughs> this one is really intriguing to me, but I doubt there's much evidence. But yeah, why don't you take it away? <laughs> there's really not that much evidence. It's kind of another one of these. Well, like they look alike, like they sound kind of the same, um, right. which is true. Uh, Mads Michelson and Max von Soden, Sidow, Sidow, uh, Sidow is Swedish and Mads is Danish, so they're both of Scandinavian uh, origin, which is not odd to go on either. Um, the the one that really intrigued me about this theory is because Laura Santeca really only appeared kind of like the Knights of Ren. They, he really only appears in this one part in Force Awakens, but he obviously is a storied character with a lot of importance to the rebellion that he was with the rebellion enough that he knew Leia as a princess. Um, so, I mean, but again, it's it's a really loose theory where that like Galen after the destruction of the Death Star went into hiding and like went to Jakku like just to be an old man, I guess. I guess. I mean, it, it could <laughs> it could be that 
um, if Jin is Ray's mom, which we said is probably not the case, um, that would explain why Santek is on Jakku, you know, acting, you know, to watch over her. Sort of like Obi-Wan Kenobi watched over Luke Skywalker. Yeah. So, and I mean, it would make sense, like, that he would want to change his name and, like, go to a remote world away from the Empire uh, until it was all over. And then, of course, hide from the the First Order later. Um, But the only other thing is, like, would Luke trust him with his uh, whereabouts? Because that's essentially what Poe gets from him. So... Who is Laura Santeca to Luke and Leia? Yeah, it's high praise. <coughs> but excuse me. But, you know, again, it's just kind of like they look alike. The age difference would make sense. Mads is like 50 years old and um, Max is like 80 in his 80s. So the 30 year time difference would make sense. Uh, but still, it's a it's a pretty loose theory. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think with with a lot of those other ones uh, that you've said, like the same theme comes up which is do we do we really need to connect uh you know galen urso to somebody in the later universe yeah. <laughs> i don't know how many threads do we do we really want to connect or do we just want more characters yeah right, exactly i mean we we see that the star wars universe does keep it pretty tight you know in terms of characters but that would be i think quite a stretch to see galen urso also in um the force awakens as Lawrence right. Yeah. Yeah, true. Kind of a stretch. Yeah. <laughs> it the only right. like for this one and then Jin is Ray's mom, there's a lot riding on them, but it also right. makes me think, you know, that Rogue One specifically is coming out before episode eight. Mm-hmm. So if these characters are just kind of in a one-off fun movie to, you know, set up basically the the original trilogy, I mean, is that all for them? Yeah, like that's, then that's why a really not point. yeah like why why is this the first anthology movie and not another one so yeah hopefully it does connect with the next episode episode eight yeah and that's why i think a lot of these theories stem from of Jin is ray's mom the the knights of ren one this one um is that it's kind of you want there to be a bigger meaning in movies and really anything like this is why fan theories exist <laughs> like sure. you want you want there to be a bigger meaning in in all the things that we enjoy um so some some of these were better than others i'll tell you that yeah but they were <laughs> it was fun to go over them i yeah. thank you you know reddit <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah thank you reddit my like you you are the true heroes here pretty much yeah <laughs> yes Okay. Yeah. Anything else you want to mention before we wrap up and, and close uh, episode one of Fan Theories? We're just really stoked to go see this movie. When this airs, uh, it'll only be a few more days till we get to see it. That's true. We're very now are you excited. seeing it on Thursday? On We're seeing opening it on day? Thursday. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's right. Uh, got our seats and everything. It's not one of those where we can bring a beer or a wine in, but, you know, I'm well, sure. Well, I mean, not legally. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we do right. have classes. <laughs> yes. And they don't check. <laughs> But uh, are you going to see it on Thursday? No, I'm not going to see it until Sunday, actually. Oh. But I do have my seats in IMAX 3D. I'm ready to go. We can't do the 3D. It, it just it, it hurts too much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it hurts my face as a glasses wearer. I right. just can't do it. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're missing I out. I know. I know. So everyone's like, did you see it in IMAX 3D? And I'm like, no. Like when we saw Doctor Strange. And I'm like, yeah. no. Yeah. I got motion sickness, like just from the regular ones. It's the like, same thing with our uh, HTC Vive. It, yeah, it hurts playing, playing too much. Well, for you, I could do it all day. 
Yeah. But uh, yeah, it hurts you too much. So no big, big IMAX Star Wars for Emily this time around. Well, I'm sure it'll be awesome on whatever screen you see it. Um, uh, yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'm really stoked for this. I can tell you, you both are too. So yeah, <laughs> I mean, so. obviously we're very excited. Yeah. The locations alone look gorgeous, right? I mean, so oh yeah, cool. yes. Amazing. And Donnie Yen. Did we mention oh Donnie God. Yen? Oh, Donnie. <laughs> I think I think he's a secret Targaryen. <laughs> That's what's going to be revealed. Yes. I. You know what, man? I hope so. Mm-hmm. Get some diversity on that Game of Thrones. Okay? Yeah. Amen. You know? Gosh. Well, where can people find you online and find this show and ask you questions and suggest topics? Tell me. I, I can be found universally as screenwriter. That's uh, a with a K and R I D E R. If that's not confusing enough, I'm sure there'll be a link someplace you can find. Yes, um, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram uh, at that Emily Kelly K L E Y. You can also, of course, find this show on the There Network. That's There dot Network, along with all the other fabulous podcasts there: the Todd and Taylor Show and Wednesdays in Westeros. Uh, also, uh, the Eighties. The, uh, yes, it's called Missing the 80s. Missing the 80s, which is really fun. <laughs> if you are a child of the 80s, you would probably enjoy it. Yes. So I hope you, we hope you subscribe to this one as well as all of the other great, fantastic podcasts on the Their Network. And we kind of mentioned it a little bit. We are very excited we're, for the next episode. Yeah, we're very excited. Uh, we, we want to do Westworld yes. because I just finished Westworld. Yes. And of course... The, the series as it went on was great for fan theories, but now there's still some prevailing theories that need to be addressed. So what we would like for anyone listening and anyone interested, please tweet at us your favorite Westworld fan theories. We will be talking about ones that have already been addressed. So send, send us the ones that like really blew your mind, but also send us some of your lingering questions going in, into season two. And we'd love to, to talk about them and, and, you know, give you guys a little shout out. Absolutely. That's right. Hope to hear from as many of you as we can uh, hear from. Yes. And our schedule should be uh, pretty regular uh, going forward. I think we will do this about once a month. Yes. Once a month. So, and we'll be posting on our social channels to let you guys know when the next one will be. So, but first and foremost, I mean, lastly, uh, thanks Todd for being here. This was hey, so fun. So thank great you for having me, Todd. Yeah. I'm, I'm so glad you guys are doing this. This is a lot of fun. I can't wait for the Westworld one. Um, it will give me time to watch the entire series and (laughs) because I kind of had to avoid all those theories during the season because I was not watching it Mm -hmm. but now now I will catch up and get it all in one podcast and thankfully it's pretty short I mean there's a lot of content in there but it's it's pretty short for uh, for one season yes true great well thanks everyone for listening and we will see you guys in the next one see you guys later